0: You're listening to Brown on brand featuring Matthew Brown on thumbstopper.fm. Coming to you live from sunny Tampa, Florida. My name is Matthew Brown and welcome to Brown on brand. The marketing centric podcast focused on the art of brand building and impactful business news surrounding the world's biggest brands. I'm excited to be joined today by Aaron Mueller, director of business development at first credit services, Inc a contemporary collection agency focused on finding new ways to engage the consumer with meaningful tech solutions aaron welcome to the show hey
1: thanks for having me today matt
0: yeah absolutely um as i mentioned it's sunny out in tampa today it's certainly summertime or it's headed that direction yeah although it's been nice and uh you know cool weather here going into this so we've had a a nice break we're ready the beauty of living in florida absolutely yeah Hey, really excited to get you in the podcast studio today. It's nice to be back in person, number one. Uh, number two, I've known you for a number of years, and you know I've always been intrigued just a little bit of the stories that I've heard from your business, uh, the collection business. It's a tough business, right? Yeah, it is. Dealing with the consumers and...
1: Yeah, it's highly regulated. Uh, there's only so much you can do. And, and, you know, it's one of the oldest businesses in the world. There's always been collections, but just hasn't changed a lot over the years.
0: Yeah, I want to dive in later. Obviously, yeah. we're in the social media business. And a little bit later in the show, I want to talk about how you're able to leverage social media if you can. That's one of the things I was thinking about ahead of this podcast today. Um You know, it's one of the things I read online, right, is that the American average or the average American savings account and the average American debt are reverse polar opposite of where they used to be uh, before COVID. And COVID has caused this effect on the average savings account going up and the amount of debt going down for the consumer. That's a a really positive thing how, how has that affected your business lately
1: you know it's uh, when it when COVID started the whole thing started we um, kind of got in panic mode kind of a little bit of excitement right kind of licking our chops a little bit hate to say that but that's you know we're in the collections industry we thought okay everything's kind of shutting down that means there's gonna be a lot more debt out there yeah and um, so we really ramped up the sales mode um, went out after all types of industries calling on really focusing on banks because we thought they'd be hit the hardest Mm -hmm. um initially they were all kind of boy were you guys wrong yeah oh my god but you know they never
0: had more cash
1: (laughs) but they were very standoffish you know as they should be let's just see what happens um we were just trying to get in the play to say okay as things open up again we can be on your bench and ready to go when you're ready And um, we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting. And as we're talking to banks, we're finding out that, uh, just like you're saying, their debt ratio is some of the lowest they've had in a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a good year because people had money, so they were able to pay off the debt that they had that we were collecting on prior to COVID. Um, But, yeah, the uh, market, uh, at least in the financial sector, is is drying up right now. We don't know what's going to happen here in the near future you know there's been a lot of moratoriums and things like that but uh yeah it's 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 interesting it's completely opposite of what we thought in the beginning
0: yeah it's crazy i mean I, I it's why i jumped right in on that so tell me about the business model right what is you go to a bank you go to a a business and you want to help them with uh their bad debt right yeah. or the or the consumers that haven't paid um tell me what the business model is or share what you can well
1: there's two different. Two different things that we can help banks with. And we call them, in the industry, it's called first party collections and third party. And first party is really early stage stuff, right? So yep. it's um, it's really at that point, we don't like to call it collections. It's um, more about uh, early intervention. How do we help engage your customers that are newly delinquent so we can kind of lower that role weight? Can we get involved with them? A lot of times it's just about notifying them and let them know that they missed a payment or, or something like that, or you know, show a, little, a lot of empathy and work with them to say, hey, what can we do to set up a payment to get you up to date so you don't go into that bad debt stage. Okay. And so at that point, we're calling as the bank. So they would think we're Bank of America when we're calling. We use their email exchange, we use a local phone number, everything. So we're just kind of an extension of their AR department. And then the third party is the typical collections that you're aware of, right? That's the, you know, um, where it's probably usually 60 to 90 days old, and now we're calling this first credit services. That's the part that's highly regulated. You have to follow all the regulations and do's and don'ts. um, And that's where you report people to the credit bureau and things like that. That's the traditional collection. So we can help them with the early stuff to help try to prevent people to get into the delinquent stages um, to where they're in bad debt. Um, And then um, the ones that are left over, we can then pick up as a third party collection agency and just try to help recoup what we can.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. So getting involved with a business and being in the business of um, settling bad debt or collecting on debt, um, you're getting ahead of the curve. And I love that idea, right? Is that when somebody falls behind, they could be moved over to a department, hence you. You're Mm -hmm. branded as the business. And that's a special focus, right? Than your typical customer service that might be trained to answer questions, you know, very high level. But the psychology of getting somebody you know back on track to making their payments which is what everybody yeah. wants right um it, it's just interesting to me how yeah, you've taken you know it out. and visiting your website um you know i started to see that
1: yeah you know it's um it's interesting you said customer service and all that it is really should be considered customer service at that point um because you're really trying to help somebody um and that's kind of the shift in the mindset of collections that we'll talk about later and what we're trying to do is trying to be customer-centric or in our industry calling consumers to be more focused on them and uh, help them, you know, um, get through some of this stuff because it it is trying, you know. And, um, yeah. and, if, and the more we can help them, we think that, you know, we can kind of ease the situation and and actually help the the company, our, our clients itself because it's less stuff that goes to bad debt. So it just makes a lot of sense. I want to go back to something because I know you um, you and I talk a lot about um, different things in politics and you have an, an opinion, but I'm curious what your thought is on – why we're seeing increases in savings and all that this year prior to COVID. What do you think are some of the things that kind of are driving that? Well, we just printed
0: $30 trillion. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a a big part of it. Um, You know, but all serious. But at the average person, how much do you think they get of that? Uh, A lot of it. Um, I mean, are they getting two thousand? What was it? Well, let's set that aside a yeah. second. So I'll get into the gist of what I really believe. What I really believe is, is the average consumer is out of tune with how pennies make dollars mm-hmm. and dollars add up. And let me give you an example. Um, I go to restaurants today. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is coming somewhat coming out of COVID now, and we're not we're in Florida, so it's not really fair, right, to the listeners that might be in a, a region that hasn't been open yeah. for the last eight months. But I don't think people realize when you go out to dinner with your family and you get in the habit of doing that two or three times a week and you're ordering your food in and the amount of money paid for subscription media and the things that we don't need. And if you look at the amount of trash that we, you know, um, you know, throw away or the amount of consumable products that we throw away and packaging and everything else, I think that we had been on a drunken binge, spending mm-hmm. binge as consumers And I think COVID locked it down. Yeah. And I think immediately people shifted to spending their money on bigger purchase items that were outdoors, ATVs, boats. So marine and RV and, uh, you know, you couldn't buy anything, right? Anything to do with outdoors, kayaks, sporting goods, et cetera. It was gone. Mm -hmm. And I think there's still a shortage of all that inventory today uh, because of that. So I think that, that people were forced to stay home and forced to save their money. I think that's what contributed to yeah, it. I mean nobody on was, top of thirty trillion dollars being yeah, you know, printed and handed out.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that you know the, the stimulus money and all that definitely helped a bit there's gotta be more to it to increase you know, that's only gonna last so many months, right? What is the consistent uh, changes that, but I don't know. I don't know. But I hope I saying, hope you're right. Yeah.
0: You know, I never understood why if somebody didn't lose their job, what yeah. you know, why they got a stimulus check. Yeah. Right. If oh, nothing changed right and 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 that happened so a lot of money got forced out into the individual's pockets um and i you know and i i don't know whether i consider that good or bad i think it's there's a bunch of pinned up demand i think business is going to be good for a long time um but i think we were somewhat forced in the situation with stop spending money that you might not need to spend absolutely no more dry cleaners he was doing that nobody driving anywhere yeah yeah. fuel costs all the stuff adds up but more importantly, I mean, to take a family of four to the movie theater, it's two hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: And mm-hmm. then to go out to dinner afterwards and you got six or seven hundred dollars in an evening, go over to Orlando for the weekend and it's twenty five hundred dollars to take your family and do anything. Yeah. And when all that spending stops, it starts to pile up. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So you know back on track a little bit with yeah. the business side of it. So um, how do how have you guys shifted from being, you know, what I would consider a business that nobody likes, right? Um, consumers definitely don't like you. They don't like to hear from you, even though that they should hear from you if they don't pay their bills and businesses, it's somewhat of a, it's not a positive when you got to talk about, um, you know, how do we spend money to collect some money that is already a pain point, you know, on our bottom line or in our business model.
1: Well, we'll stick on the, on the customer side of it in our industry, we call them consumers. So those would be the people that are the debtors, right? Right. Um, we haven't overcome that yet. Um, and I think that's going to be just a just a constant challenge. We're hoping to change some of the mindset by some of the things that we're going to be doing now. Well, do you approach it differently? Consumer. Like when you yes. call somebody about a debt, are you calling them up? And you know, it
0: used to be, hey, we're gonna, you know, it was yeah. all the negative and nasty things that you could do to the consumer. Is there a psychology flip on that now?
1: Yeah, there is. So what we're trying to do is what we're we're, we're kind of so our phrasing is that we're reimagining collections, right? And okay. and what we mean by that is really a couple things. It's the, technolog- the technology on it and then also the mindset. And the mindset is to put the consumer first, right? And make sure they, and put their experience first. And if you think about a collection agency in the past, um, it was complete opposite. It was like, how can we annoy these people enough to where we drive yeah. them to the point to where they're going to pay. Right. Right. Um, on top of reporting to the credit bureau and, and do all those things to get them to the point to where I can't I can't take anymore or I have to do this, right? So how do we change that experience to be more empathetic and actually work with these people? Right. They don't want to be in debt. That's the last thing they want to do. But how yeah. can we help them? Can we set up payment plans? Can we make the experience better? And and that's where the technology side of it comes into play because um, and this may not sound groundbreaking for you. You you know you're in um, you're in software, you're in technology. You've been in it for a long time, and you're always on top of you know what's new in the industry. But you know, for collection agencies, we've been bound to regulations that are over forty years old, right? Yeah. Um, on how we can communicate with consumers, and that has recently changed, and um, just in the last year, and actually doesn't go into full effect until November of this year. To where we can start doing other things, right? Like email, yeah. Right, you know that's oh, wow. crazy. So yeah, um, we're gonna have, we're building more of an omni-channel approach. We have a new platform called OmniXP to where um, our clients now, our consumers, can kind of dictate how they uh, communicate with us. So we don't have to, you know, you know, you think about millennials now. They're they make up they don't answer the phone. They don't answer the phone, yeah. and they make up a third. Millennials and uh, Gen Z make up a third of the debt in this country. Yep. Right. So okay. if you use traditional methods like phone calls, good luck catching Forget them. about it. Yeah. And what happens when you get a millennial on phone? Yeah, They're you want to talk about tension automatically. Yeah. They don't like taking phone calls. I think, yeah. the, I think 80%. I think I read somewhere said that they um, are uneasy just having a phone call, just trying yeah. to have that conversation, which yeah. is crazy, crazy to talk to us, right? Yeah. Can
0: you use tools like social media to find and research people and contact people? Can you use the latest mm-hmm. you're talking about technology and millennials? I mean, you know, some of them don't like the text, they wanna be direct message through their social platforms. Yeah. Can you utilize that?
1: Yes, um, so two parts. Yeah, You can use anything to research people, right? There's no, as far as I know, and I'm not an expert, we have a whole team of compliance people, but as far as I know, there's not really any regulations on what we can do to use. On, on to, what products you can use to you know, research, research and find. find yeah. yeah, you can find people. But in order to reach out to them, um part of the new regulations is that we can utilize social media tools to reach people um in private messaging not out loud right not in yeah. front of everyone right and that's yeah, the, yeah. the key is part of the, the Ooh, that'd be effective wouldn't it yeah I mean, you know I'd tag them <laughs> huh hey i that see that gucci well. belt yo us 1200 <laughs> bucks let me get that and just throw shade at them hey man yeah, just get them <laughs> troll them
0: they call it trolling
1: Okay, so, this loser, so doesn't So you leave, can't, this troll. can't troll. Can't troll. Can't troll to get no, money. There's only so many phone calls you can make a week. If you if somebody answers the call and they actually talk to them, you have to wait another seven days. So there's a lot of regulations to protect the consumer out there, right? Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's been 40 years for it to change. And that's why I think collection agencies, you know, everybody's been talking about omnichannel for years, right? Oh, yeah. But in collections, it's brand new.
0: For the yeah. listeners that don't know what omnichannel is, why don't you tell us?
1: Oh, right. Put me on the spot. Well, it's, it's multiple ways uh, to be able to, and really it started with retail, right? And being able to get your retail in uh, multiple places to where you can buy online, you can buy in store, you can buy over the phone, you can buy through email. It's, it's the whole, you know, every outlet that you can think of to where you can reach your customer. Um, And it's completely new for uh, collections. And I think there's going to be a lot of collection agencies that are going to go away because they can't afford to make that change, and they're just going to disappear. Um, they've just been following the same practice for 40 years, and they're not ready to change, or do they have the funds? So
0: we talked about marketing a little bit, uh-huh. and you diverted away from that question so wisely. <laughs> you want to go
1: back to social media and marketing? <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I mean,
0: I'm just interested, right? Yeah, on how so you how how do customers find out about you? I, I notice you don't have an Instagram page, right? So you've, got, you've got some limitations, yeah. right? Because you don't, you'd don't you be put on blast all day. Your Instagram page would be slaughtered, right? We had
1: a Facebook page um, and uh, we took that down right away. I mean, it, you, you just think about the comments you get out there if you put an ad yeah. on Facebook. because people that's con- are the worst, they're trying to get the money that I'm right. supposed to pay. And they're right. really not the audience we're going after anyway. It's B2B, right? So, um, and it's the same thing when I'm talking to a potential client, they, go, they look at your, your Google ratings online, right? And you're like, well, have you seen your rating? I'm like, well, we're a collection agency. Yeah. These are not our clients commenting, these are actual consumers, right? We'd
0: be worried if our Google rating was high as a collection agency. That would be my canned response, (laughs) right? Our goal is to have a one star, (laughs) right? We don't want people to be
1: happy. We want people to pay their bills. That that's true. We do want them to be happy. That's the change that we're trying ah, to make, right? Okay. But um, I don't think we'll ever be That's why I'm not in the collection. Right? I don't think we'll ever get a, you know, a four star rating, right, from yeah. Google or anything like that. Yeah. You know, we're an A rating with better business bureau and that's more what you should be looking at when you're talking to a collection agency. But no, we can't do any advertising through social media like Instagram or uh, Facebook, because it's just not our audience. Um, LinkedIn is probably the only social place that we're involved in and in posting. But most of it's uh, pay-per-clicks, um, a lot of uh, cold calling, uh, trade shows, getting out, pressing the flush. Um, some of the industries, the verticals we play in are still-, still guerrilla marketing, really. It's th- Some of those verticals are still good old boy networks. Yeah. And you have to get out there and know them and, um, and work your way into it, because they're old, old industries. And yeah. They haven't changed yet. Slower right? moving. Slower and moving. Like you
0: said, it wasn't very many years ago. It was a matter of if you called the person seventy-two times a day, the higher percentage of those people would pay, and that's flipped on its back today. Mm-hmm. Yep. So transforming with the industry. How old's the
1: company? 20, over twenty-five years now. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've
0: been in a long time.
1: Yeah, I've been in a long time. Yeah. Who's the CEO? Uh, Rashabria. He's he's actually um, great guy. Actually, you should meet him sometime. He um, he is. Um, an immigrant from India. Okay. Um, he came over here and started a couple of tech companies early on. Nice. Did really well and got involved in the collections industry. And um, he purchased um, a company out of Columbus, Georgia, where we have a call center. So we got involved. Is he and,
0: here local or is he in no, he's Columbus?
1: No, in, he's in, no, he's actually, our headquarters is in Piscataway, New Jersey. So we have a call oh, center okay. there. We have a call center in Columbus. And then we have a call center in Mumbai, Italy. So um, did I say Italy? Mumbai, mm-hmm. India. um and so it really allows us the freedom because a lot to be able to um handle our clients here that want to have local people yep right and then also our clients that want to have a budget friendly and don't mind our folks from india north
0: america focused global focused
1: Uh, both so global focus um uh, we can do first party anywhere in the anywhere in the world Um, where it's third party collections there are countries that have restrictions like canada If you cannot call on debt in Canada, unless your call center is based in Canada, Mm -hmm. but call centers in Canada can call here and collect on anyone in this country. Yeah. So we don't have a call center in Canada. We can't do Canada, but globally we can, in most places we can do collection first party for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Great. And um, real estate, are you guys doing anything in real estate collections?
1: Uh, We've had some conversations (laughs) with some um, commercial real estate um and there's they've commercial real estate and even residential a lot of the conversations um were like can we just put this on hold for a little bit yeah same thing everybody has the mor- moratorium they weren't sure yeah. how bad it was going to get so we expect that um we put some inroads in there got a lot of calls we hope that might pan out to something but uh we won't, we'll see that here in the near future yep.
0: yeah of course the as long as real estate prices keep doing what they're going to do yeah. um yeah, there's not going to be any need for debt collection there. I mean, no. it's just, have you seen anything like it? It's crazy.
1: It is crazy. Um, You know, cr- residential at least, right? Commercial is going to be a whole other story. But uh, yeah, residential is not, especially here down in Florida. You know, and even,
0: it, even commercial hasn't, I mean, you know, maybe it's a, a hangover because of the leases or whatever. And you see, um, you know, kind of retail yeah. redefining itself, but, you know, commercial space, the the prices have not gone down in Tampa.
1: No, they haven't gone down Especially for the, you know, Class A. Yeah, but I'm wondering what it's like in other parts of the country, right? Yeah. If that's going to change, especially some of the bigger cities like in New York and, yeah. you know, uh, Well, I think New York and, has
0: seen some changes already. Yeah, I yeah. think they're going to be hurting. Um, they're all coming here.
1: Yeah. You know, but like my wife's company, she works for uh, Cooper and they have um, a huge facility here in Tampa. They've not been in that office, and they're not going back probably till September. Okay. And just the mindset of... The amount of space that they need is probably going to shift
0: how's your wife dealing with that
1: she's doing good um yeah. i think she misses the actual um camaraderie of being around an office with yeah, everybody but um it hasn't stopped i was surprised today google
0: or this week google had talked about they're going to be a flexible space and you know for california and google to talk about okay we're open to going back to the office that's where i feel like things
1: yeah, I finally mean, turned a corner. I just had a conversation with a. I was at a conference, actually, believe it or not, it was at a conference last week in Georgia, and I had a conversation with several people. on course, they were just, you were you know, talking about how the whole mind shift of their company has changed um, as far as how they're hiring people. They're like, we just proved that we can hire anywhere, yeah, and they can work anywhere, and we can keep product productivity up. So it just it just opens the talent pool up for.
0: Me. Yeah, I want to see more than <laughs> yeah. 10 months worth of results about productivity at home. I mean, I've got you know, our technology department is 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 remote and yeah. I think they're absolutely product more productive even you know, especially since some of them had an hour commute, but there's a lot of departments and a lot of types of business that I don't think you can do remotely what you can do in person.
1: I, I don't disagree with you at all. There's a lot of things that are just always low hanging fruit. I'm like, oh, just, you know, if you were in the office, you would see him, you'd yeah. be able to cover in 10 seconds. Yeah. But the idea of trying to, okay, I got to sit down and either put together an email or call this person. It, it's just a whole other deal than just seeing them at the water cooler. Right. But Friday for a lot of
0: people and introverts and yeah. you know, it's been wonderful. You know, it's been a wonderful thing, uh, you know, if nothing else. And I like to always try to look at the positive, you know, thing sides of things. Um, Covid's taught us a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, in business. And as an entrepreneur, I was never open to remote and Covid taught me, you know, that I was ignorant to not be open to remote because there can be some flexibility there you know, certainly people being able to do what they need to do in life as well to get that work-life balance.
1: You know, if you're going to want to get top talent these days, um, especially because our hiring pool is now going towards the millennials, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're the new leaders. They've And they're the largest generation we have right now. And um, their expectation is working remote. That's yeah. what they've always wanted, right? Well, so... the good
0: news is I'll probably be semi-retired by then <laughs> and I won't have to put up with all that. <laughs> the uh i know i've got two of my home two teenage daughters and and they do the millennial mm-hmm. generation they got they got a lot of uh refocus and there's a lot to learn from the generation too i mean they, yeah. they put precedence on things that you know uh differently than than the older generations do
1: yeah they get it and you know we've kind of beat them up as you know i'm a, i'm a uh you know gen x and uh, we always made fun of them but they've done a lot of great things and absolutely uh, yeah, um, and I am excited when I work with them because I learn a lot from them. And I mean, who was to
0: think how much green hair dye can there be <laughs> out there in the world? <laughs> it's blue now. It's blue. Everybody's on the blue. Everybody's ones, on yeah. the blue hair dye. Yeah. The uh, okay, cool. Anything else you want to touch on? I mean, obviously we talked about uh, the website. If a business is listening, needs help with everything from uh, kind of you know uh, getting the credit back on control, and then also the expansion of customer service. Anything else we want to touch on?
1: No, I think we did. It. I think it was great. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's just um, important to people to really kind of think about uh, AR a little differently, right? And uh, try to get ahead of it with some early intervention strategies. You know, if you're a subscription model, think about how you can kind of um, have a better plan on how you intervene with those failed payments. And, you know, one or two phone calls or an email, it's not going to do it, right? And, um, and when you're thinking about your bad debt, you know, how, what's the best way to go at it? You know, think about new strategies and going after millennials now that uh, don't respond to phone calls and, you know, are, is your collection company set up to to handle that? Um, and do they have your brand in their best interest? And I think those are the questions that people should be asking now and uh, getting ready for the future.
0: Awesome, Aaron. I really appreciate it. And that's it, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brown on Brand. You can always find full episodes the second they go live at thumbstopper.fm or podcast services around the world. Aaron, where can people go to find out more about you and the business? Uh, You can go
1: to firstcreditonline.com. Best place to go.
0: Great. My name is Matthew Brown from That's Us Technologies Campus in Tampa, Florida. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening, and remember, subscribe to Brown on Brand at thumbstopper.fm.